Welcome to Triple H 100.1 and the Street Beat program. I'm here with Councillor Vince Del Gallego, who is the Ward C Councillor at Hornsby Shire Council. Vince, lovely to see you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Marty. What about yourself? Doing well. How have you coped with the COVID era? Uh, thank God that uh, I'm okay. My family's okay. Uh, we're obviously uh, social distancing outside, not within our family, of course. Uh, we make sure that um, uh, we treat other people as if they've got it, as well as myself, that I've got it so that we know that it never spreads. Unfortunately, some people just don't think that way uh, with what's happening in, in Victorians, how some people have just left that place. Uh, I think it's an extremely uh, dangerous um, pandemic if it continues indefinitely. And we really all have to put our two bits in. We really have to protect each other and the country so that we put, so the economy continues going. Uh, otherwise, it will just be one disaster after another from, from being sick with the COVID to losing jobs to all the other things that, that can happen if you're self-isolating or you're isolating with other people, such as uh, mental illness and, and, and abuse and other things, you know? So I really hope that we can all work together. Well, that's that cliche is so, so, so said so many times. Um, I just do hope that each person takes this very seriously because it just impacts on so many things and not just oneself. Thank you so much it, for I, that. Apart from that, everything's fine. My <laughs> name, thank you. <laughs> That's really interesting because you've actually flipped what I was going to ask. So I wanted to ask a bit about yourself and you started about your family. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, maybe your professional life and how that feeds into your passion for um, Ward C and Hornsby Shire Council. Okay. Um, I am not a politician. A lot of other people think that I'm a politician. Um, I don't compromise easily at all. You've seen me in, in council meetings and I do put certain things up that may not be um, uh, uh, readily acceptable by others. Now, I've always been like that. I've always uh, thought that if you believe in something, you just have to do it and you do have to do it well. And, and, and compromise sometimes destroys what, what you set out to really achieve. So I, my, my role, I'm actually an accountant. I've got an accounting background. Uh, I finished commerce banking and, 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 and accounting. Uh, and I was in the banking industry for a long time, for about 25 years and about maybe five or six years in private industry. So I've got, I'm a banker, an accountant. I'm also an activist. Um, I make sure that, that, that uh, my family comes first, of course, because if you can't look after your family, how can you look after other people? Um, I'm very family-oriented. You could, you could probably describe me as a, uh, as a conservative uh, with a green thumb, which means basically that I used to be a staunch Liberal Party supporter until I realized that a lot of, a lot of the parties nowadays are the same. You know, um, I won't go into, the, into that detail now. All I'm saying is I'm quite disappointed and that's the reason why I became, why I became an, uh, an independent when I ran for council. Anyway, I've lived in Cherbourg for about 33 years. I came from the Philippines originally, back in the 70s. And in, those, in, in that, during that period, 
I remember going through um, or riding the train station or train line, and I would see all this um, vacancy uh, signs in factories. I told myself, wow, that's really, really interesting. But 45, almost 50 years down the track, you don't see those signs anymore because the economy has changed. Now they've, they've looked at the construction industry as the number one industry, basically to get things moving, right? And then with construction, of course, you need more people in. And if you need more people in, then you need more services. So that's how the economy is going. But they don't realize that construction is actually on a project by project basis. You cannot just bring a lot of people in and start developing all of these things. And then all of a sudden, okay, well, we've had enough. No, it will, once you've done one thing, then you have to go another, another, another. So it, it, it just destroys uh, uh, areas that are good areas to live in. You're listening to Street Beat on Triple H 100.1 FM with Neil, Martin, Justine, and sometimes Mariko. Welcome back. We're going to continue our conversation with Vince Del Gallego on his core beliefs and what got him involved in council. You said something earlier that you don't like to compromise too much. I think you even said it more strongly than I'm saying it. What are your core beliefs that convince you that you're on the right path? Okay. Um, I suppose before, before I, I respond to that question, I'll tell you why I went or became an activist in council. Uh, back in 2014, I bumped into our ex-mayor, uh, Mrs. Nan Horn, in, in uh, oh, where was that place? One of the local um, uh, landscape suppliers. And anyway, she bumped into me and, and we bumped into each other and she said, well, look, no one's looking after Chairbrook. And I said, oh, wow, that's, that's interesting. And then, because uh, somebody's gonna be they're planning to rezone South Jural. Uh, I came back home thinking, nobody's looking at the chair book. They're rezoning South Jural. South Jural is just around the corner from here. And I looked at, I Googled it and said, wow, this is a massive place. So I, I set out researching a bit more on that. And therefore, um, I managed to get other people together. We started sort of campaigning to stop the proposed rezoning because people, not everyone there wanted that rezoned. In fact, some of the people there thought that I was from Ward A, that when the elections came, they wanted to vote for me and said, no, sorry, you can't vote for me because I'm not in Ward A. But uh, Martin, the situation is, is that if, if someone compromises, okay, well, look, let's rezone the rural lands, for example, or in, in this particular case, South Dural, let's rezone it. Instead of having six stories, let's just have four stories or two stories or one story. Well, to me, that's compromising. Um, if a particular area um, is zoned rural and somebody wants to put apartments in there, like basically the apartments in paddocks, there's no compromise. You just don't do it. It just doesn't happen. Anyway, so, so, so uh, thank, thankfully, um, the state government got involved and, 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 and eventually it got, it got declined, right? So there are about, what, 6,000 objectors there. Mm -hmm. It was a really massive campaign. Now, okay, compromise again. Um, if I was in a liberal party or labor or, green or one of these parties, 
uh, a lot of their supporters are, are basically, um, well, they want things to happen, right? And, and, and there is such a thing as a party politics. And then you have to, to be pre-selected, you have to follow the party politics. In fact, if I was asked to run, for example, which I was, and I won't mention which party, I said, I prefer not running within your party because I will be your Achilles heel. I will not follow. <laughs> I will just do whatever I think is right. So what, what happened was that in, in 2017, in September, um, I was telling myself, I'm tired of fighting council or the state court or whoever uh, from the streets. I'd much rather be in council. And I was told at the time when we were planning the campaign is that I would preference people. And I said, no, I would much rather lose than to preference because if I preference and that means that I owe somebody something. And, and, and by being squeaky clean, I don't have to follow anyone but the residents. That's the reason why my group is called Residents Before Politics and Vested Interests, of course. Um, so in other words, um, if I am to do something, the residents always come first. I don't get involved in state issues. I don't get involved in federal issues unless, of course, it impacts our local issues. As far as I'm concerned, I was, I was um, uh, elected by the local residents of, Hornsby, of Ward C, and therefore I need to do what I think is right for them. What's really interesting about what you said there is, and I'd like to unpack it a bit more, is this idea of being an independent, the only independent and the first deputy mayor in this term as well. Street Beat on Triple H 100.1 with Neil, Justine, Martin and Marika. Welcome back. We're going to continue our conversation with Vince Del Gallego, and we are going to talk about now his idea of representation. We've had this discussion with all the councillors to date, but Vince is the only independent on the council, and the book we refer to is called The Independent Effect. I hope you enjoy his insights. Where I'd like to go with this, and I have mentioned to this to you before, and I have had all the other councillors on, there's this book by Andrea Cullen called The Independent Effect. And more than any of the other councillors, it's directly related to you because she's written a book about independence in Australian politics. And I know you're saying you're not a politician, but you're in a political position in council at the moment. And she talks about three types of representation. One is um, you're elected and trusted to do the right thing because people voted for you. The other is, is you actually are a delegate where you try and collate all the different viewpoints of people and try and get some sort of consensus so you can represent view, their views or you have a hybrid, hybrid approach. In Ward C, there are a lot of things happening there. How do you sort of balance, you know, making a decision on behalf of the community and getting feedback from the community to make decision based on consensus? Okay, well, actually, it's what I, I have not read that book, but I can associate with it. Um, I don't need to be an independent to make sure that um, we or I decide in favor of the majority of the people, particularly for the horns we share, because that's actually uh, the law, statutory requirements. I think, I think it's 
Section 268D, something like that, where we where councillors have to uh, uh, make decisions in favor of the majority. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, um, if, like Ward C, for example, um, what's the best way to, to explain this? All right, if someone wants something changed within Ward C, and and uh, it's being changed for a specific purpose that may benefit somebody else, then to me that's wrong, and I would be consulting with the community in that regard, right? Because most of the people would have said, what's this? You have to remember, Martin, that there's such a thing as the silent majority. And next thing you know, the whole thing just erupts at the end when things are made, decisions are made and the silent majority are not there. So I do have newsletters, I check Facebook pages, I do have a lot of people that, that contact me, uh, which is really great, you know, and, and, and I be, belong to civic action groups as well. So I'm right there in the, in, in the middle of things. Um, if I intend to, oh, by the way, when, when I first set out to, um, to run for council, I, I looked at this um, video from England it's called the Froome Independence. Now, of course, the, the, the councils are run separately from here, but they, have this, they had this uh, notion whereby most people got sick and tired of, of um, uh, political parties. And, and they actually had a public meeting and they got all these people, normal everyday people to become independents and they all won. And, and, and that council is now just moving so well, you know? So, so I, I suppose to, to, to um, uh, respond to your question, the, the independence basically means uh, what, by putting the resident's interest in the middle of your decision-making process, that's number one. And if, if uh, they elected me, well, put it this way, I don't have a political party or a platform uh, where I have people to, to support me in, in getting elected or pre-selected, I actually have residents that supported me. Residents were, 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 mail, were, were mail dropping. They were talking. They were, they were doing things in Facebook. So a question was <laughs> once was put to me when I first joined council. It said, you're only one of we're, we're nine. What, may, what gives you so much power? And I said, well, over 4,000 people voted for me, and I don't have a political party. It's my first time to run. That says a lot of stuff. And, and, and Martin, that's what drives me, is that people went out of the way to support me get elected, and I have a responsibility, a moral responsibility to do the right thing by them. Um, and I can give you various examples later on, should you wish to. Thanks for that, because one of the things Andrea says in her books, and I appreciate the fact that you picked up very quickly what it was about, is she, talk, she talked about, she looks at about 10 or 12 very successful independents. And one of the core themes was that there were significant issues in the community that people rallied behind. And in the lead up to the, this last election, I remember going to the different public meetings and yours was pretty clear cut. There were big numbers at Cherrybrook Hall when you had meetings about the issues that people were concerned about in Cherrybrook. You're right, we'll come to those in a minute, the issues. Street Beat on Triple H 100.1 FM. Hello everyone, 
I'm with Councillor Vinsdel Galliego, who's the Ward C Councillor of Hornsby Shire Council, and we're going to continue our conversation with him about getting to know him and his workings of the council. This segment, we're going to talk about the council meeting week, what that's like, and his views on multiculturalism. What's a typical week two of the month like for you when you have the council meeting coming up? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, put it this way. Um, I I start. I get up at six thirty in the morning, uh, and that's if I can sleep straight through. And and I don't get to bed till almost eleven o'clock. And I'm usually working during that period. Of course, I, I, I balance my, my, my life my life because I, I put my family as well. So quality time for my, for my family. Uh, my, my wife and I are are, are um, uh, empty nesters. So, so, uh, but we do look after our grandkids sometimes, or our kids come here. We have great times. So, so balancing that lifestyle, and then, and then making sure that I get, uh, I get to respond to my constituents' issues primarily, because people come back to me, and then, then I also I make sure that 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 I respond to them. So, so that's all ongoing. I run my business as well. I, I'm a finance and mortgage broker. I basically do do commercial and, and business lending. That was, that was my background back in the banking industry, although mostly more, more, most of the time now it's home lending. But, um, and that's because I'm also helping people basically get what they want to achieve what they want. So you're trying to put everything together. Um, when, it, when it comes to that, to that monthly meeting the week before, mm. well, there's a lot of reading. It's a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of reading. A lot of reading, and then you gotta firstly understand what you want, where your position is, and then once you've established your position, you need to talk to other people to find out if they if they share your position. Now we are technically not supposed to make any decisions until the evening of the of the council meeting. So which means that we could share. We, somebody might say, tell me yes now, and might be not, might be no in the meeting, and so on and so forth. So you really have to. To, to um to, to put it together, yeah. Well, uh, to, the short answer to your question is, wow, it they're just long hours. <laughs> but anyway, they're still great. They're still there's, it's it's a very very informative, very interesting, and I would recommend you yourself, Martin, when you uh, finish whatever you're doing in school, <laughs> and I won't mention it over 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 the network, but um. Uh, Suggest so maybe you should even join residents for politics, you know? <laughs> no comment, no mistake, Martin. Moving on. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was in that space, what was it like with the additional responsibility of being a, mayor, a deputy mayor? I was actually very privileged uh, when I was voted in as deputy mayor my first term. On my first year, I think mainly because I was the independent. Uh, there were two Greens, or sorry, there are two Greens, two Labour, and five Liberals. And then I, I think I take my hat off to the mayor, uh, Mr. Radak, because he obviously saw saw an independent as a deputy deputy mayor as a as a uh, well, not necessarily balancing factor, but as a factor where he says, well, although we're five Liberals here. We, we won't choose a deputy mayor that's liberal. Let's, let's make this an, into an open council. 
and 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 I'm, I was so pleased with that because that that set the tone straight for council, um, and also I was voted in again on the second term. So so his his uh, I find the mayor really really um, uh, open and 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 collaborative and actually puts try to put puts everybody together at the same time balances all the politics behind it, right? He's, he's ex, well, he's a seasoned politician, so he knows it. By the way, uh, Martin, just to correct you, I'm not a politician. I consider myself more of a statesman <laughs> trying to do the right thing here. <laughs> I'm I love a statesman it. and a politician. <laughs> but but, but um, the, the, the role was not that difficult. I actually did a lot of the functions for him. Uh, I did a lot of the... Uh, uh, citizenship ceremonies, which I really love doing because I would give them a background of what I did when I first came to Australia. And I, and I keep on, and I would always tell them not to just stay with their own little groups. You know, you don't become an Australian just to stay with your own little group. I mean, you can be with anybody you want to be, but, but try and expand, expand your, your, your lifestyle, be, be involved with, 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 the, with the community. Uh, and, and just do the right thing because it's a great country and we need to keep it great. And therefore, if they could just um, get involved, then we're there. You know what? You were reading my mind, Vince, because one of the things you said very early on about you being a new immigrant in the 70s and the multicultural Australia that you are part of and came into, what's multicultural Hornsby like for you? Well, <laughs> you probably uh, will be surprised to um, hear this from me, but I don't believe in multiculturalism. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as I, I, I'm concerned, I don't have to be classified and put in a basket as a multiculture because I have my own culture behind me and I, need, and, and, and I can practice it freely. This is a democracy. I can, I, I can choose whoever friend I have. I eat a lot of Filipino food because I'm from the Philippines uh, originally. I eat a lot of Spanish food. Um, I, I believe that, I sincerely believe that multiculturalism is actually a political term uh, created decades ago so that they could separate everybody into different cultures so they can then start looking at, at this culture so that they can, they, can, they can politicize them accordingly. As far as I'm concerned, Martin, Australia is an extremely great country, right? There's no such thing as, as multiculturalism. We, we all respect and love each other. We should be able to do that no matter what race, religion, color, nothing. It doesn't really matter what it is. What's important is that we, we keep our country great by being together, being patriotic, everybody working together. Because when I die, when you die, we leave this country to our children. And we need to make sure that we, we, we are focused. Love the flag. Love your community. Love everything. And, 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 and I'm telling you this as an Australian, and my kids are Australians. Everybody's, and yet I still love my old country, my old culture. Now, do I need to be branded? Or do I need to be in this, in this uh, um, umbrella of multiculturalism? No. I have a lot of people that, 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 uh, that I know a lot of Filipino people around this area as well. And, and, and I tell everybody, I, why, why do we have to be segregated into multicultures? It doesn't make sense. 
we all have it. It's a democracy. We can vote. We can do whatever we want to do. But we need to make sure that, that we are united to, to make this country grow for our children, for future Australians. Thank you so much. You've given me a lot to think about and a, and a different insight into how to approach a term that's used quite a lot in the media and by politicians. The politicians love it. Politicians love it because they can then go and, and give these grants, all these free handouts of money, which are really taxpayers' money to all of these people to vote, to vote for them in the next election. And I truly believe that because I, I have experienced that. Not myself personally, but I've heard of it. Thank you. If, are you happy to move on to a, another area sure. topic? Street Beat on Triple Eight every Friday. Hello, everyone. You're back with myself and Councillor Vince Del Gallego, Ward C of Hornsby Shire Council, and we are going to continue our conversation with him, now focusing on the successes of this term of office and some of the lessons. What I'd like to talk about now, and this is where we can come back to what you were talking about before the issues in Ward C. What have been some of the successes and some of the learnings of this term of local government as it pertains to you personally, some of the things you're really proud of and in your area of Ward C? Okay. Well, it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, we haven't completed yet. When I, when I first... Um, uh, joint council, I had four things. No, five, I think it is. Uh, one is respect rural lands. Two is reject inappropriate development. Three is infrastructure before development. Four is economic economic development, because I, I like people, local people, to be able to work locally. Those are the four major things that, I, that, that I'm focused on. Um, with regards to the rural lands, that's, that study is still going on. Uh, inappropriate development, we've got a great example there in Cherbrook. That is disgusting, absolutely disgusting that, that they put a hole on the ground so that all the air of the, of the tunnel that comes all the way from Gajigong can escape from. They put a nice, beautiful station there, it's really great, but, but then they take the buses out, they don't put enough car park, they put they, they, they're, they're, um, the people are now parking in, in narrow streets. And the latest fallacy is that they want to put 1,350 people on, on, on 3.5 hectares. Now, that is inappropriate development. I'm fighting that. Now, um, the Vince, rest just, of Vince, just sorry to interrupt. Just for our listeners, would you just explain where that site is you're talking about? Because you and I know, but our listeners might not know where you're talking about okay. the stationary. Uh, Sure. Uh, the Cherrybrook train station area is um, is a parcel of land that goes that's that's uh, in on Castle Hill Road. It's it's in between two two councils. Uh, the the southern side is in the Hills Council. It goes from Kunara Avenue to Heist Road and back to Castle Hill Road. And then the northern side is um, the Hornsby side, which starts from Edward Bennett Drive goes into Neal Avenue and John Road. Now, that's a massive circle. I mean, massive, massive precinct. Um, 
the the train station is right in the middle. It's in the it's in the Hornsby side of sorry, the station is in the Hornsby side. Now the government owns seven point seven hectares there uh, around the station, which includes the station, and they need and they intend to put some commercial things there, whatever, right? And that's part of the uh, community engagement that they're engaging now. But the developable land is three point five hectares, and that's where they want they they intend to put about eight story high buildings now a lot of people in Cherbrook or especially in that area bought in this area because it's low residence they bought in this area because of its leafy bushy beautiful serene outlook blue skies the whole lot now they're going to be looking at concrete concrete jungle no matter how beautiful Lancome paints it it's it's just going to be terrible now, the, the situation is this as well. If you're getting community engagement as to, as to, oh, what do they want in that area? Do they want a gym? Do they want libraries? Do you know, the more that you put into that area, the taller the building, so somebody has to pay for it. <laughs> and there's no free money. So, so, so that, to me, is inappropriate development. And I'm fighting against that. As far as I'm concerned, the, 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 the residents want three-story maximum if there's going to be any development there. Three-story maximum. And, and provided that there's a whole of precinct approach as well, the infrastructure is in place and so on. Thanks for that. One of the things you mentioned, I think it was the third principle of your um, campaign and what you have seen success in was infrastructure. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you manage this issue of traffic right on the edge of your Ward C. Okay. Um, that's, I don't have much control over that because it's a state government issue. Most of it, we've got some local roads. The only way I can control that is to ensure that people are aware that, that uh, things are happening. So if they're going to be doing this infrastructure, sorry, this, this uh, development since they uh, Chairbrook station precinct, then the, the, the trust of the, of the situation is that all the infrastructure requirements must be done. All the studies must be completed beforehand. It, and it should be in place before they start turning any soil. Now, how does Vince Del Gallego control that? Well, it's not me. The residents will control that. We will do public meetings and we will just, we'll just protest the fact that people, uh, politicians, the state government, or even councils or bureaucrats cannot push people around. You know, Martin, a lot of people resign to the fact that, oh, it will happen anyway. I said, no. As far as I'm concerned, our public servants have forgotten that the two words, public servant. They report to the residents. The residents have to vote them in or out. Of course, being a blue ribbon seat, just like uh, Hornsby is, it's a bit more difficult to kick out sit, uh, sitting uh, members, right? But the sitting members have to understand that they're not kings or queens. They're not here to tell us what, what to do. We're here to tell them what to do. And people have to remember that, that, that there, is, there is strength in numbers. And we have to make sure that our politicians do not forget the two words, public servant. They have to serve us. You're listening to Street Beat on Triple H 100.1 FM with Neil, Martin, Justine, and sometimes Mariko. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM and the Street Beat program. I'm here with Councillor Vince Del Daliego 
and we are continuing our conversation about the success and the learnings from this term of council with particular focus starting off with what's happening in Hornsby Town Centre itself. Enjoy. Now the other thing Martin is this, um, the Hornsby Town Centre for example, okay, sorry not the Hornsby Town Centre, uh, the southern western side of Hornsby uh, has been rezoned previously for high rise and there was a, a, a I actually went and, and spoke uh, with the regional panel and um, I I spoke against it just back a few months back. Now it was really quite interesting because one is that the documents are that thick, were fairly thick and I started reading through this and I told myself wow this is so much information but you know what I saw the I saw the actual heights. I think by memory one was 25 percent higher than what was allowed in the zoning uh, instrument. Then the other one was 19% higher. And I recalculated it, hey, hey, that's right. Now, why will they allow something like that? And where's the infrastructure? Remember, when you rezone a certain area, there are impact studies that are made. And if people are gonna be going against the, 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 the original uh, rezoning proposals or height limits, and that means it's already causing stress on that infrastructure. It's just simple economic or simple, simple mathematics, right? The, the, the taller the buildings, if, if you made X amount of buildings and this is what you require in infrastructure and when people start going against that, guess what? The infrastructure will not be sufficient. So anyway, I brought that to the attention of the panel and, and, um, and you know, it was really amazing, but it was, it was that much higher, it was declined accordingly. The, the, it was just too high. But remember, you, you're also, we were also, of course, there were other protesters there, sorry, and other people that, that spoke in that, in that hearing or in that, um, uh, yeah, session. But there was also the situations that if you set a precedent of, of, of a building 25% higher or 19% higher, the other developers will, will, will follow suit. It sets a precedent, which makes it even worse. The infrastructure is dead. If that thing happens, and then on the on the eastern side, we're doing the the Hornsby Town Center review. Imagine what the other people are going to do in the eastern side. They're going to say, "Hey, that that's twenty five percent higher. So can we?" So the whole thing just 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 happens. So we really have to be vigilant about that. The residents have to be vigilant about that. And uh, just to let me finish this point here, Chairbrook is exactly the same thing. If the structure plan says three to six stories and the government wants eight, guess what? That sets a precedent. How are you gonna stop the other developer from saying, hang on, they got away with eight, why, why can we only build three? And that brings that infrastructure develop, uh, before development issue to hand, yep. And that would explain you've got, which we've talked in another area, a, a motion for the August council meeting about that whole issue about the height, which people can listen to at another time. The fourth, uh, area of success that you were hoping to have was in the space of uh, local people, local businesses. What have you done in that space? Okay, that is at the moment um, um, a work in progress as well. And um, there was another council that brought that up in early in the piece um, of this council, which I wholeheartedly supported, um, which is the economic development strategy. Um, 
although in principle, some of the detail we're still working through. Um, my role or my vision for economic development is to ensure that local people have the capacity to work locally. Now, how that looks at the end, as I said, that will eventually come. But my vision would be this. One is that we need to firstly make sure that we look at the industries now in light of COVID-19. You have to remember that a lot of the buildings now may no longer be what they are because a lot of people are working from home. So imagine what's going to happen to those. So what, what are we doing with Pennant Hills, for example, the commercial center there? What are we, how can we assist Layton Place? How can we assist uh, Mount Karinga? How can we assist all of these employment lands that we've got? We need to really make sure that, that, that uh, this economic development strategy enables these people, where, sorry, this economic strategy actually looks at what the issues are, potential issues are, and then assist wherever we can in, develop, in, in, in developing a strategy to get the businesses, businesses, well, firstly to continue, and secondly to flourish so that people can start working in, continue working in locally. The other thing, uh, Martin, which is quite important is agriculture. Agriculture, primary production, mineral extraction, uh, horticulture, aquaculture. I am just so concerned that, that uh, uh, there's a lot of pressure in the rural lands for rezoning and so on, right? So again, this is a work in progress. I don't really know what the end result will be, but my main focus is that at the end of this, this, this strategy, I hope that uh, we, we ensure that our agriculture, horticulture, aquaculture, and all the employment potential of the rural lands are continued. Uh, because imagine if we could get people to gain new skills and new, new agricultural methods, right? Mm. Uh, or horticulture. And it also complements the tourism strategy, I suppose, because of the fact that, you know, if we can develop our, our aquaculture, our, our oysters industry or bronze industry in the, in, in the Hawkesbury to a certain level, then we can get a lot of people into Hornsby area. And, and if we start exporting this stuff, then we're developing new skills and technologies. Martin, there's so much to, to, to do. You're the, probably the third or fourth councillor has mentioned tourism. I think it's, gonna, it's a very hot topic at the moment, but I, I'd like to have another chat with you and other people about that later on. But I can see where people are going with their discussion about tourism. Okay. Yeah. Um, my... My role on tourism is to not expand it because I find it to be highly, uh, highly competitive. If you're going to put accommodations, if you're going to put hotels, rural or, or, or motels in, in the rural lands, then that, be, that will require rezoning. And if that requires rezoning, then that will make the rural lands more expensive. And if it makes the rural lands more expensive, then agriculture, horticulture, aquaculture will all suffer because people would just want to sell their land and how are they going to pay their rent how are they so so my tourism strategy is not that my tourism strategy is basically sort of saying we have existing uh, industries within the rural areas we have to maximize those industries so that people can come and have these beautiful gigantic strawberries or this beautiful gigantic aquaculture or oysters or this beautiful gigantic stuff. 
Uh, if we look at accommodation, as far as I'm concerned, accommodation should be in Hornsby Town Center. Mm-hmm. That's where we should have a hotel. Because from the hotel, they can actually go and, 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 and uh, visit the quarry. They can take a day trip onto the rural lands, just like they do in, in, in wineries. Right, you know, uh, it's outside of the of the of the agriculture sides. So, my tourism strategy is qualified. I find it. I find it. It's, if you really want to do a tour, a big tourism strategy in in Hornsby, it what once that it's capital intensive, and two is that it 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 minimizes. Sorry, it it um, uh, it's highly highly competitive because everybody is pushing tourism now. In the whole country is doing that. And three is high risk. Hi, I'm Mariko, and I'm on Green Guy Country, and you're listening to Street Feet on Triple H 100.1 FM with Neil, Martin, Justine, and sometimes Mariko. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM and the Street Beat Program. I'm with Councillor Vince Del Gallego, and we are discussing some of the lessons he's learned from this term of office. Oh, there's so many questions that I ask you there, but I'm not going to. Just to wrap up this section of our discussion, what's the biggest challenge and learning that you've taken out of this council session? A lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, I, I think, I think um, um, when I mentioned earlier about compromising, right, um, I still will stand with that attitude, stand firm not to compromise. But what I will do is maybe learn how to persuade and influence people better. Okay, thanks for that answer. That makes sense. The council term was three years and it got moved to i think september 2021 for four years so you've got an extra year to go before you have uh an election next year i won't ask you if you're running or not running things like that but i will ask you what's your vision what do you want to tick off over the next 12 months before you end up or the council ends up in campaign mode okay well i would like to be able to achieve the impossible Let's continue go. achieving the impossible. <laughs> well, we're, we were lucky with South Jural, but it was great. Uh, I want three stories maximum on uh, the government land in Cherrybrook because I, want, I don't want those people there to suffer looking at all those buildings and all of those people. It's just not fair. You just don't do it, you know? Um, the rural lands, I really want the agriculture and, and, and the primary industries prioritized. Um, I want to be able to um, see that, that, that we're, we're, we're actually um, helping the, the state and federal government in employing our young people do their, do their apprentices in, in Hornsby instead of having to travel somewhere else. And the only way to do that is to be able to create a good, uh, stable industry of various sources, but not of the old industries, but of the new ones. So, so there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, I think that's those are the three good. main things. That's pretty good if you can get all that done. So good luck with that over the next just over 12 months, 13 months. Uh, 
Uh, Martin, remember what uh, Skomo said? He believes in miracles. So do I. Thanks for all <laughs> that insight, Vince, into um, the lessons and the successes of this term of council. The next section we're going to go into, you've heard of, is the rapid fire questions. They don't, they don't have to be rapid fire. Uh, actually, Martin, before you go to that, I'd like to just thank my wife, Malena, who has been so highly supportive of my of my role. She hasn't divorced me yet <laughs> because because I was already thinking of of a, of a pre retirement with uh, before before I became counselor, and now I'm I've I've gone into a double double gear. So I just wanted to let you know that that family is so important, and a very supportive wife is extremely important. That's wonderful because you started off with the family, and though this is not the end, you've wrapped up this section perfectly for me with the family and I can see that in what you say and do. Street Beat on Triple H 100.1 with Neil, Justine, Martin and Marika. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM and the Street Beat program. We're going to continue our conversation with Vince Del Gallego and we're going to talk about the rapid fire questions and I think Vince underplayed how good he was in soccer when we talk about sport. Rapid fire. So what these questions are are just a series of terms of expressions where you can just reflect, you know, one or two words or have a bit of a chat about them. Nothing too controversial. I try and tailor a few of them to you and Ward C as well. And um, are you happy to have a go at this? Sure. All right. Nothing controversial. That's not, that's not like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll try. I want controversial stuff, but I, I, will, be di- I will be diplomatic. I'll be a statesman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be controversial in your answers and we'll see how okay. we go. No, I won't be. The first one is... Hornsby's bushland and waterways. Maintain, protect, enhance. We owe it to future generations of Australians. Whatever we do in this in this lifetime will be passed on. The culture and arts in Hornsby Shire. Uh, I'm not really that involved in the arts. However, uh, I've been to through a few gang shows and also the last time I went to one uh, they were having it at the Barker College and the situations that with the Hornsby Town Center if if we can uh, have a performance performing arts center in Hornsby Town Center then it will add on to the nighttime economy so I'm pushing that I'm pushing for that uh, whether it happens or not we don't know yet at this stage until the master plan is done but we do need one there but we do need a lot of other stuff we need a vibrant Hornsby town center and I think we need one of those there sport and recreation in the shire I used to be an, an extremely um, uh, passionate soccer player in my in my younger years uh, when I went to university they had they had a um, similar style uh, scholarships as they have in America and I used to be a soccer player so I was free basically I was playing for the university as a versatarian and when I first came to Australia sorry when I had my children of course uh, my son went to Redfield College and I became their coach uh, we went from division five to division one 
So that was a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit of a uh, push, but um, we were we were training hard, and and, and uh, such a small school getting to division uh, one was an achievement. So I believe that sports um, uh, molds a person's character uh, and personality through discipline, through teamwork, through being with people. Um, it just complements complements their, their 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 overall being. Uh, someone that's just continually studious, and I'm not having a go at them or anything like that, because that's not that's not right, right? But they should be they should, uh, whoever's continuously studious is, is great. But hopefully, they're 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 pushed to to uh, to uh, um, a team or or to a sports that they like, so they can balance their lifestyle. I think it's extremely important, and I support any sports-driven initiative in Hornsby. Um, I digress. What position did you play and how long did you play soccer for? Oh, long, long time. Long, long time. Uh, I, I, firstly, I, um, I'm, I was good at both with my left and my right foot. So I could kick with either or. Uh, my left foot, I used to score from the goal, from the corners, would you believe, into mm -hmm. the goal that far. And then I used to play center forward as well. So, so I was always a forward. But so, you make me you make me play any uh, defense. I can do the same thing. Oh, pretty fit to do all that running. I'm but sure. I I I, I work. I um since since uh, elementary, primary, uh, high school, college. Uh, when I came to Australia, I played as well. Uh, although when I when I came here, I kind of I was getting older. Plus, at the same time, I was studying and working at the same time. Uh, so I worked for the for for the bank, and I studied at night. So and on and some weekends I would drive a cab. So uh, oh, one day a week, driving a cab. One day. it was quite quite an interesting job. Tell you what, listening to all the passengers, and there was no COVID nineteen in those days, so it was okay to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back on track. You've done well. I enjoyed that part of the conversation. Let me go down the path. Is that all you enjoyed in this conversation? No, no, you've caught me. No, <laughs> I particularly enjoyed that because I love my sport. Okay, good. You're listening to Street Beat on Triple H 100.1 FM with Neil, Martin, Justine, and sometimes Mariko. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM and the Street Beat program. We're going to finish off with the second part of the rapid fire questions with Councillor Vince Del Gallego. Enjoy. <laughs> Let's go down the path of, uh, you've mentioned a couple of these, but I just want to do a, mention it again, uh, rural lands. Maintain and protect and enhance. Um, I can never stress the fact that there are, what, 8 billion people in this world. We're 25 million people here now in Australia. Uh, and, and we're adding on more and more and more because we need to feed the construction industry and the business councils. So we need to feed these people. You don't want to be eating food from, from other countries that have to travel kilometers and months. You want to be able to go to the rural lands and enjoy all the food that you can eat. I just hope that one day it does become the food bowl of the North. Aboriginal First Nation people in the Shire? I think they're extremely well taken care of. Um, I don't have much to do with the HATSIC. However, I respect uh, the people that, that are involved in that. 
Um, actually, one of them, I even, oh, I won't say, I won't say it. But anyway, I, I did tell them that I respect. Uh, I don't, that's not a part of my, uh, um, how would you call this, vision in becoming a counselor. My vision becoming a counselor is basically what I just told you, right? And that is a lot of work already. Although I do know that a lot of counselors are within the committees for HATSIC and so on. Um, I suppose that's it. Thank you for that. And the final thing in a couple of sentences or a word, um, what's the future of Hornsby going to be like? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. That's a really, really great question because we all want the future of Hornsby to be great. Um, the councillors have to work together. The state government has to work together. We have to work together with the state government. We have to work together with the federal government because we can't just do it alone. Um, one of, actually, which I forgot to tell you, was one of the reasons why, not reasons, but one of the initiatives that I do is to actually um, meet with, or try and meet with uh, the, our local member to get things moving, and and um, and I like open debates, open and frank debates. Uh, the buses issue was one with Chairbrook. Um, so how can we be great uh, if we don't, if we just remove um, services without telling people? Uh, how can we be great if, um, like, say for example, the preschoolers, the preschool centers, I put a motion in there, but. Um, fairer rent because they were after fairer rent and and uh, when when the when, when council looked at that it's synonymously supported to actually keep it at a certain level uh, but that was because the preschoolers provided the the information to council for us to to um to consider so what i'm saying is that it's a great question about how great we can be but it's not my mind to answer it's all of the councils, all of the state representatives, and all of the people, because we can only become great if we all have the same vision to become great. Thanks for the answers to the rapid fire questions. Just to wrap up, is there anything you'd like to say or make a comment or anything like that? We've already thanked your wife. You can thank her again. Well, I'll, I'll thank her a hundred times. A, a happy wife is a happy life. As they say, that's the old saying. I, I got that from somewhere. <laughs> now, but look, thank you so much for um, for having me um, on, in your program. I think it's been, it's been really good. Uh, we haven't really had this sort of conversation in the past, and and to have one in public is even better, you know. But um, I, I I do try and and, and my, I do try my absolute best to become an excellent counselor, just like I pushed my kids, uh, my kids. In, in the soccer team to become number one from, from, sorry, to become, to go into division one from division five, whatever I do, I put my, my whole heart and soul in it. And, 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 um, and I think I'll, I'll continue uh, doing so. Uh, there is a lot of unfinished business. I do believe in miracles. And if I have, if I have a miracle, if all my miracles happen before September 4th, 2021, then I might just be able to retire already. But if it doesn't, well, I'll have to continue. <laughs> Watch this space. Now, uh, how can people contact you? What's the best way you like people to contact you? 
Oh, they can just give me by, uh, by phone. Uh, where's my phone number? It's my phone number around here. Uh, they, they can just get it from the, from the council uh, website. Okay. Um, and, uh, or just my email address. That's fine. They can find all that on the council website. Okay, shall do. That's good. But, and uh, did, I'm, did... I'm always open. I'm always open uh, because the only way to be able to learn about what's actually happening in the communities for the community to, to tell us. And, and, and I have to reiterate, uh, we are public servants and then we need to make sure that, but we're also leaders. So not all of our decisions will be popular, right? Because we need to lead for the, for the sake of all. Well, Vince, thank you for taking me on a journey from the big picture to the fine details of Ward C. And I really appreciate your time and good luck in the next 12 months in whatever you plan to do. Best wishes to your family. And once again, thank you very much. All right, Matt. Thanks a lot also for having me. Street Beat on Triple H 100.1 FM.